Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello and welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And we are here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the one and only Otis McGregor. Now, Otis retired from the U.S. Army in 2009 as a Green Beret Lieutenant Colonel following 25 years of service, where he discovered his passion lies in helping people succeed. Now, it's that same passion that drives him to create better leaders. And Otis believes that better leaders create better organizations, that better organizations create better communities, and that better communities will create a better world. Otis, I can't wait to dive into that. Um, but first, I just want to say thank you for being on the show and would love for you to open up with just your story. How did you get into coaching and why? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me, Scott. This is a uh, great. Uh, the way I got into coaching was, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in a synopsis. I retired from the Army with the sole purpose of getting a job, which is not what you ever want to do in life was just get a job. And I bounced from job to job for seven years and never understood why no job ever felt right to me. Didn't understand what was going on. And then one summer afternoon, sitting here in my home office, feeling sorry for myself one day, got to that point, that pain point where it's now I've got, I've got to do something. The pain was was strong enough at this point because I was really beginning to wonder what was wrong with me, uh, you know, after working for so many different companies that I didn't fit into. And as I sat here, I realized only two things have been consistent in my life since I'd left the Army, my family and boys high school rugby. You see, I started coaching boys high school rugby because my youngest son wanted to play. And in that typical mid-America sort of thing, my wife would pick him up from school, drop him off at practice. This is middle school when he's in middle school. Me, I would leave work. On the way home from work, I'd pick him up and go home. Well, I started leaving work earlier, getting getting to the practice and watching. By the way, I'd never played rugby. I knew almost nothing about the game. But I started hanging out, and I was like, man, I like this. Started talking to the coach. Next thing I know, the coach asked me to be a strength and conditioning coach. And uh, there's air quotes to that because even that was a stretch, right? And then I became the assistant coach. Then I became the head coach. Then not only was I the head coach for our nationally ranked rugby team and our, all, you know, our state championship rugby team, I was also the head coach for the state all-star team. All these sort of things. So as I'm sitting here that afternoon, I'm like, why the heck was 
was I doing that? But, you know, basically another full-time job, volunteer. And as I looked at that, I said, well, there's three things that I know about that activity, that, that passion that, that fueled me every day. The game of rugby, unbelievable sport, lots of strategy, teamwork, hard effort, love it. The boys, you know, 35 extra sons from my wife and I, in and out of the house all day long, all year long, love it. Chocolate chick, chocolate chip cookies and lemonade all over the place because that's anytime one of them would show up, my wife was cooking. But what I realized is it wasn't those two things that was truly fueling me. It was being their coach. It was challenging them to do the next thing, holding them accountable to do, do what they said and helping them achieve the goals that they wanted to achieve. That was what was fueling me to do all that other stuff. So I tapped into my network about this feeling I had, and I learned about executive coaching, leadership coaching. I'd never heard of that at this time. You know, just one of those things. Just I, I knew what life coaching was because everybody knows Tony Robbins, right? And so I, I learned about business coaching, executive and leadership coaching. Went to the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, got certified as a coach, got some great new skills. I refer to that, that certification as a brand new toolbox of craftsman tools, all shiny and new. They're not shiny and new anymore. I banged them up all over the place now. But I, I realized that I was, even in my 25 years in the Army, I was a coach. That was the way I led every organization I'd ever been part of was as a coach to help others succeed, guide them, challenging them, holding them accountable to do what they say they were going to do and pushing them to do more than they thought. Yeah. So that was what I did. And that's that's when I shifted gears and started Tribe and Purpose and, and really became what I'm calling now. I like this title, and I'll throw it out there and check your facial expression on this, an executive strategist more than a, a leadership or executive coach, because I do a lot more than coach and guide. There's a lot more going on in that development of the leadership. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I, I tend to get in trouble uh, in the coaching you know, uh, consulting community because I, I use the word coaching so loosely. So for some... Uh, to to fill in the blanks for folks listening, there are many people who would say coaching as a pure profession is is Socratic. It's coming in and asking questions. Uh, the basic belief is that you know people already have what they need; they just need it to be pulled out of them. Right? There's an, an inherent goodness and an inherent wisdom, an inherent brilliance in everyone, and and that's wonderful and beautiful and true. Uh, and so, in a coaching you know, pure sense of the word. You can you only pull that out, right? You, you, it's not so much about putting in. Uh, on the other side of it, there's kind of this extreme of consultants, right? You, you, they come in, they don't, they don't like they ask questions, but it's not for your benefit; it's for theirs, right? They're coming in trying mm -hmm. to understand everything. They want to thoroughly understand, and a great consultant, right, wants to come in and thoroughly understand the organization so that they can provide strategic insight into how to grow it. Which uh, is their it, IP, and that's why yes. you hired them, right? Yes, yes. That's, and so that's in their case, secret sauce. 
Yeah, in either case, what ends up happening is a, a lot of the burden can be put on the, the client, the person who's actually being coached or consulted. Uh, from the coaching environment, they got to make sure that they, they're giving the right answers, that they're coming with the right problems. Or from a consulting standpoint, they've actually got to go through and do all the implementation of whatever the insights were. And uh, and so uh, what I love about, and where I think you're going with this executive strategist is kind of a blending of those worlds of being able to say, hey, yeah, I can walk in and I can ask and I can bring the best answers out of you because a lot of the best answers are there. But I can also come in and say, hey, here's what I'm seeing, you know, in terms of patterns across all these different folks. Would, would that be an accurate way of describing what you're doing? But yeah, you nailed it. I mean, you know, uh, I've always referred to myself as a bit of a mentor coach, uh, you know, because one of the things and just share with you, one of the things that I do to give back to my veteran tribe is is I coach uh, active duty service members who are separating from the service. Generally, uh, in the more senior level, they're retiring at 20 years or so or more uh, and, and helping them understand that. But in that aspect, yeah, I ask them the hard questions so they get thinking, but I also have a wealth because I've done that for 150 guys over the last few years. Plus I have my own personal experience. So I have a wealth of knowledge that I'm not going to hold back and not share with them. That, that's, you know, as, as I told uh, an NFL, former NFL player friend of mine uh, about a year or so ago, I'm being a selfish SOB if I'm not sharing what I know, right? I mean, if you've got all this knowledge up here and you're not spreading it out, putting it out to people so that they can have a better life and have more success in life, you're being a selfish SOB. And that's I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's so true. We could we could both get in a lot of trouble on that point. So uh, <laughs> let's let's jump here. So, as an executive strategist, what would you say is some of the most important work you're doing for your clients? It's it's helping number one, it's helping them understand themselves, live with intention. That that's number one. But then having their plan when they live with intention, because if you live with intention, you have to know where you're going, right? And having that personal plan aligned with the business plan, and then the team selling it to the team. The team has to be bought into it. Otherwise, your team's going through the motion, and they're just being a bunch of oxygen thieves, revenue thieves, however you want to put it. They're just going through the motion. I, th I think the, the phrase going on right now, the phrase du jour is quiet quitting. And, and that's what they're doing, right? So if they're if they don't believe in the plan, in the vision, in the business that you have, that, that they are working in, then they're just going through the motions and collecting a paycheck. I don't know about you, but I want people on my team that want to be there. I want them to be happy about being there. I want them to be excited about what's happening next year in five years. And I want them to see themselves in those positions. That, that's exciting stuff. And when I have a vision, because most executives don't, they talk about it, but they don't know where they want to be. They won't admit to it because that shows weakness, right? They have to have a plan, a personal plan of who and where they want to be and a business plan that aligns with it. Because if those two aren't working together, you've got a problem before you even get started, yeah. before we even talk to the team and sell it to the team. But if we get to that first part, and then we've got the right team, go to Jim Collins, right, right people on the right bus and the right seats, 
But we take those and they get bought into that plan. Man, look out. Success happens. I was going to say easy. It's never easy because then anybody would have it, right? But you know what? You're going to have success. And when you have failure, you're going to enjoy it a lot more because guess what? Everybody's right there pulling together, pulling it up when it falls apart. It's so true. So uh, I love uh, kind of how you position this because I, I don't think there's a single leader out there who wouldn't say I want I, who wouldn't say like I want my people fired up about where we're going, right? But I would say a, a whole lot of the conversation I've seen, especially around the idea of like quiet quitting or you know my team this, my team that. Uh, is oftentimes it's like there there's a problem over there, right? Like the, there's a problem with my team. My team's not fired up. My team's not moving fast enough. Uh, my fill in the blank. Mm. Uh, and so what you what I hear you saying is, hey, there's a there's a place to start with that challenge. It's a real challenge, and that place to start is with you. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100 percent. Hey, when I, when I start with every client, I, one of the things I, I walk them through is understand themselves. Keeping, you know, you got to know who you are before we can even start to figure out how to get to where we want to go. It's even it's it's even hard to create a true vision. People will talk about it, a true vision for who you want to be without knowing where you are on the map, without knowing who you are today, let alone actually making a plan to get there. Think Google Maps, Apple Maps, any of those apps. If your phone does not have GPS signal and you're in the middle of downtown, wherever, and you got all those buildings and the satellites can't reach your phone or you're in the mountain valley like I've been the last few weeks and the and it doesn't reach your phone. So now you don't have a GPS lock. It doesn't know where you are. It cannot calculate the route to get to where you want to go. Yeah. There's no better metaphor than that right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. So what would you say are some things, uh, you know, you've obviously had some success success with clients. Uh, you've got someone who comes in, they say, my team this, my team that. What do you find that they've tried before coming to you for help? Working hard. Uh, you know, one, one of the things I found uh, happens in a lot of business is it's full of high quality people who work hard. But the problem is they work hard on what they think is important. There's, so there's no, uh, I hate using this word, but I have, I, I can't come up with another word. I need some, I need a better thesaurus in my mind. There, there's, there's no synergy. Uh, sorry. It was an overused word in the military. That's why it I'm still burns me to say it, but there's no synergy. So what I got, so let's say I've got a team of five people, right? Myself included. So I'm one of those five and we're all just, we are all top notch, high quality people that everything we do, we knock out of the park. Mm-hmm. Guess what I got going on? I got five things going off because every one of us are busting our butt and getting things done and we're knocking it out. But we're all on five different paths to what we think is important, to what we think success is. So until me as the CEO, the leader, establishes, here's what we got to do. Here's the priority work. Here's the priority of effort, guys. Do these things first and pull everybody together and have that crosstalk. So now I don't have, I don't have five things. I got this, I got the yeah. fist, right? Yeah. And when when we nail it like that and we're working like that as a group of people, 
as a team, as a cohesive unit, we are no longer five hardworking people. We're one organization, which is much more powerful, yeah. much more successful. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, all right. So this is, uh, this is a moment I've, I've been waiting for. It's always my favorite part of the show. And uh, I'd love to ask you this question. What is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? It is you decide how the world shows up for you. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Aaron Ellis, coined it this way, and I just love the way he did that. We get to choose, is it happening to us or for us? Everything, and then you can add in one more piece to this, and this is a little bit of stoicism to go with it, it, could, it doesn't happen to have to happen at all. So we get to choose, is it good, is it bad, or nothing at all? Those three choices to absolutely everything in our life. It's our choice. Nothing happens that's good or bad. Everything happens. We choose whether or not it's good or bad. And man, if you choose happy, everything is good. Wow. Everything is an opportunity. Wow. Think about that. The car wreck. I just got in a fender bender. I just backed in, you know, I was messing with my phone or my phone fell off the dash and I backed my truck into this brand new Tesla in the Walmart parking lot. Oh my gosh. Or after I get out and make sure I didn't kill anybody, <laughs> everybody okay? What's the opportunity here? That, that guy, that lady, that person that owns that car, that could be really cool person that you might want to have a beer with. That may be your client or they may have the widget that solves the problem that you've been looking for. But if you don't go into it with that attitude, with an open attitude of looking for opportunity in everything, man, zoom, it's just opportunities will be flying by left and right. Yeah. So that right there is what I wish I knew earlier on. And what I wish everybody else knew is that nothing happens to us. We choose how it happens to us yeah. or for us or not at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I found that to be like, that's true for people as people. I found that to be especially true for founders, right? For those, the kind of visionary leader types, if they get into a place where you know this is happening, that's happening. It's it's all outside, right? Uh, there's not a single one of them that's motivated by what's outside. What they want to do is what they've chosen to do. And and you like if if as one of those types of leaders, if you can embrace this and say, hey, it's my opportunity to choose how how this impacts me. It's my opportunity to choose how I want to relate to this challenge. You will find like that visionariness, that creativity, that inspiration will come from just the strangest places. I mean, how many of the conversations similar to yours? Uh, 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 the vast majority of folks who've come on this show, uh, you know, even as coaches, are coaching out of a place of pain, right? Out of a place of like, hey, I've seen what this looks like on the other side, mm -hmm. and they've taken that opportunity, they've turned it around, and now it's one of the biggest blessings in their life. Uh, it's just fascinating. I love yeah. that. It's such great advice. Uh, another question that I have for you, and shift gears on us a little bit, uh, and and love to see 
if if I were to have you take off your coach hat, right? Your your oh, executive we're gonna, we're gonna do this. hat. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We've got props and everything today. Uh and put on your your CEO hat of tribe and purpose. Uh, I'd love for Notice you to this is the clean hat. The yeah, there you go. CEO this is the CEO hat. Clean hat. Uh, so jump into the ring with us and talk a little bit about what the next kind of level of growth, if you will, looks like for your company and for you as a leader. Yeah, so we've got we've got two things happening: uh, group coaching and a program that I call Team Unity, and it is about what I just said. It's helping grow your team, pull that team together, so that you, as the leader, have that focus. You understand who you are, what you are. You have the vision for who you want to be, goals, objectives, and, and what are your tasks, your action steps? What's your business plan? And then how do we organize your team to create that flow in your team and get them to buy into it? Not just another reorg, check, check the box. I used to work at Lockheed Martin, and it was about every nine months we would we would reorg. And that's a massive reorg, if you can believe that. Jeez. So that that's number one. <clears throat> number two, my uh, my son, Camden, who I also do the podcast with, the Camden Otis Show, uh, has a program, coaching program that's called Next is Best. And he's targeting Division One retired athletes who want to be an entrepreneur. Helping them learn how to take that's new, this lost identity from taking off the uniform, the swim trunks, whatever, whatever D1s, whatever sport, high level sport you play that, that you no longer have. And how to foster that energy, that lost identity and energy into a new business. Wow. That's super exciting. I'm really proud about that one, too. That's cool. That's fantastic. Uh, so. Uh, I'd love to I, actually, if you could tell us just a little bit, there's folks listening to that, like executive, like, yes, I've tried the coaching route. I've tried the consulting route. Those didn't work for me, but this executive strategist thing, right. Maybe semantics, but it may really be onto something. And they're just resonating with everything that you've said. Um, how can those folks find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah. So one of the best things to do is to go to tribe-purpose.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can click the Get Started button. And what I always ask people to do is two, two things. One, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Monday Moments newsletter. I share my lessons of the week for you kicking off your week so you get it nice and early Monday morning from things I learned about and thought about last week. And then the other piece is that's where you can schedule a call with me. Nice, quick, call it a vision analysis call. We'll talk about whether or not where you're at, whether or not what we're doing with with uh, Team Unity is is the right fit for you. And if it's not, what are some other areas that you might be able to get some help with to find your focus? Because, you know, you, you talked about my purpose, that creating a, a legacy of leaders. I like to tell people to live their life with intention and pursue their purpose to achieve their vision of success. Yeah. And that, man, think about living that way. If you live that way every day, you can't wipe the smile off your face. So good. So good. Well, it's fantastic. So again, tribe-purpose, go to the Get Started. Uh, you'll find uh, the, all the information there. Otis, thank you so much for being on. It was just an absolute thrill having you on the show.
Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.